You are love, you are love, on display for all to see. You are light, you are light, when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my sin. You are peace, you are peace, when my fear is crippling. You are true, you are true, even in my wandering. You are joy, you are joy, you're the reason that I sing. You are life, you are life, in you death has lost its sting. And now, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace, light of the world forever You are more, you are more than my words will ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord, all creation will proclaim. You are here, you are here, in your presence I may hold. You are God. You are God, of all else I'm letting go. And now, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace, light of the to your arms, the riches of your love will always be enough, nothing compares to your embrace, light of the world forever reign, my heart will sing, no other name, Jesus, Jesus.
and come to the table of grace, for there is mercy. Come just as you are, we are all unworthy to enter the presence of God, for he is holy. and welcome to the first service at Preston Crest. Those of you who are present with us and those who are streaming our service this morning. My name is Randy Tucker. I serve as one of the elders here and I'm in health of the eldership. We welcome you today. Uh, please take time now to uh, check in uh, at the number on our screen or use the QR code on the back of the card in front of you to let us know of your participation today and get access to the bulletin and other announcements. We had a tremendous participation in our uh, chili cook-off uh, last uh, Sunday night. A lot of uh, new uh, award recipients as a result of that event, so we're, we're grateful for all those who participated and uh, enjoyed that time of fellowship together. As we go into worship uh, this morning, we'll be reading from Psalms uh, 29, verse 1 through 2. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning and we declare your glory, your majesty, your power. Father, we acknowledge you as the one and true God the creator of heavens and earth, our champion and defender. Father, thank you for meeting all of our needs. Help us, Father, to be grateful and content. Help us to share and show hospitality, and may we be kind to all. May we live lives of welcome. May we always look to seek and fill the needs of those who are widowed, the fatherless, those who are dealing with loneliness. Father, we know we fall short daily in our efforts to live holy and upright lives. Forgive our sins. Teach us to forgive as you have forgiven. And may we live in peace with all men and shine the light of your Son in our lives. 
Father, we ask that you protect us from the adversary as Satan is looking to devour. Guard our hearts and minds as we seek to glorify you in all we do. We ask this in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Randy. Church, let's stand and let's sing this morning. Hosanna
going to sing one more song as we enter into our communion time. And then Doug Walker is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup. I am because you were forsaken. I am accepted. You were morning. Now, Preston Crest is blessed by attracting a large number of visitors. Every Sunday worship service, we have visitors. And more often than not, some of those visitors are coming through these doors for the very first time. And some of those also are attending our fellowship for the very first time. So I'm going to be slanting my remarks this morning toward those, whether they're here this morning or online, and they're just kind of seeing this for the first time and wondering what we're doing. You know, our, every Sunday in this fellowship, we take time during our worship to what we call is have communion or take communion together. And we focus on a couple of aspects of that. One is the body and one is the blood. And we have these uh, convenient little items that have the bread and the juice all together so that it's easy that we can participate together. And we take our we take our uh, inspiration for this from Scripture. And one such Scripture that lends to that is 1 Corinthians 11, 24, 25. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. So that's what we're doing. We're taking a moment to partake of the body and the blood and in remembrance. Some people look at this as a bit of a memorial. They focus on the what. What happened? the crucifixion, the death, the burial. Very somber thoughts. Other people look at this as a celebration because the death was not the end of the story. Christ arose on the third day and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of his Father. 
certainly something to be celebrated. It's not the end, it's really the beginning. It's the beginning of a door opening and a pathway for everlasting life. Let's pray our prayer of thanks for the bread. Father, we're mindful. We're here with you this morning and we're gathered together with you and we're going to partake of this together. And we're mindful of what you went through. We're sorry for that. We're mindful of what happened on the cross, the crucifixion. It's a very ugly story. Father, we're thankful, though. God, we're thankful for your plan. We're thankful for your giving your only son. We're thankful for the results. As we take this bread, Jesus, it's through you and for you that we pray. Amen. Continuing, likewise, Father, as we partake of this cup. We're mindful of the blood that was shed and the blood that covers our sins and our assurance of salvation, not a hope anymore. You're raising and ascending, perfected that plan, and we rejoice and are thankful. We've come to be with you this morning as we recognize you and Lord we do remember it's because of you Amen As the mountains surround
Thank you, Doug, for those thoughts. Um, good morning to you. Um, it's interesting to think about the guest and the visitor, and we, yeah, we're blessed to have lots of visitors here, and I was just thinking, sitting there as Doug was talking, pretty much all of us were first-time visitors at one point or another, really. I mean, there's just a handful of day-oneers here, so if you're visiting with us, we've been there, and we're glad that you're here, and so many of us have chosen to make this our, our church home, and hope that you'll consider doing that as well if you live in the area and don't have a church home. Uh, this is a time we think about giving, we think about how God has given to us, and we consider uh, our participation in his work. And so we would invite you, if you want to give this morning, to do it through church teams uh, or the website. There's a give button there or out in the white box in the foyer. You can drop a check or money in there. So many good works of this church. One that we have been talking about a lot lately is this conference coming up. And uh, we focus so much, rightfully so, on inviting. You've been invited. I know that a lot of people are going to show up excited about that. Uh, but I would invite you to bow your head with me now. And let's make sure we invite the Lord. This is his after all. We want him here. And God, uh, we, we don't just want to tell the story, a story. We want to tell your story. And uh, Lord, we know that uh, whatever we learn, whatever motivates us, however hard we work, um, ultimately we need for your spirit to open people's hearts so that we can share the gospel and they can receive it. And so, God, we invite you to be part of this weekend and to be the star of the weekend, uh, that you will work in us uh, to train us, to motivate us, that you will go before us, after us, that you will surround us in your holy, beautiful work of sharing your story. Lord, this is all about Jesus. We owe our lives to Jesus. We are so grateful, and we want to share that good news with others. We pray all of this in his name. Amen. Thank you for the cross, Lord. We live in a very busy society. So many different things and obligations and responsibilities compete for our time. And you may be wondering, is this conference worth my time? We want you to know that we believe your presence at this conference is a gift and it's a sacrifice. So I'd like to remind you of just a few reasons why telling the story will be worth your time. Incredible teaching, edification from Christians around the country who care about growing the kingdom, celebrating the ministry and partnership that we have with God through His grace, learning and dreaming together, child care is provided, babes chicken, remembering why it is such a blessing to be a Christian, and a commitment to bringing others into the saving and loving arms of Jesus. I promise you that this will be worth your time. You won't regret attending this conference. Again, we encourage you to go to pressandcrest.org backslash story to learn more and to register. And we hope to see you February 3rd through the 5th 2023 here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ for Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference. I'm usually not a critical person, but I've got my first criticism. Rob and Jacob, you guys, as you were making this video, Babe's Chicken. <laughs> That looked just like everything else. You should have highlighted that in yellow and made it blink. Babe's chicken. That's reason enough, y'all. Come on. Hey, if you're signing up for the conference and you need child care, today is the last day to do that for any and all portions of the conference. Please sign up today because once the day is over then that portal will shut down. Also want to remind you that next Sunday is a World Care Offering Sunday. Okay, so we've got a, a prayer quilt in the foyer. You need to go by there and, and uh, tie a knot in that and say a prayer for Dana Freeman. You can see the information before you, but Dana, uh, a dear friend of this church, and uh, so, uh, so we need to do that. Please make time to go by that, that uh, prayer quilt. And say those prayers. And take, take the name of Dana Freeman with you this week. And may her name be on your lips as you uh, go before the Father each day. All right. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. And let's stand, please, and we'll do that. We're going to sing one more song. Gordon's going to come back up and share with us. 
we had yesterday. I mean, I'm trying to crack the code on why so many guys showed up, and I finally figured it out. Eggs are the new caviar, right? <laughs> High-priced item, few people can afford, and those eggs disappeared pretty quick yesterday. <laughs> Not everybody got those eggs yesterday. Uh, we had a great group of guys and just a really good spirit and uh, tested the limits of our fellowship hall, I think, uh, with all the, all the guys in there. It was so good. Um, hey, so to, uh, coming up, not tomorrow, but February 12th, we have Together Forever coming up. If you are seriously dating, you're in a serious dating relationship, or you are engaged to be married, this is for you. And it is so good. I think I say this every time we get ready to start this. I really, really wish when Isla and I were dating that we had had something like this. It, it, you know, we did it. We've done okay. But it would have been such a great way to get started. And I know so many hundreds of couples, hundreds of couples here have gone through it. Certified with the state of Texas. 13 weeks. You get mentoring. You get coaching. You get some good teaching. Uh, they have some meals as well. Uh, it is just Amazing. And so many couples of this church actually go in and help do the teaching. So you get like real, uh, real life, real people sharing their stories. And uh, marriage is tough. It is. It's hard work. Uh, it's so worth it uh, if you invest in it. But um, be a part of that. Sign up now because I know, I know spots are already being taken. I know people who are, have already signed up and who are going to sign up. So make sure you get in on that. Um, yeah. So last week we talked about the Wisdom Pyramid. Brett McCracken put that in his book called The Wisdom Pyramid. And we're talking about how we can walk in wisdom and how not all wisdom is created equal. Uh, you've got the Bible there, uh, which is this trustworthy, you know, God's revelation to us. We can build on that. And there's lots of other sources of wisdom, right? There is uh, the church community and, and nature and beauty and books and literature and even the internet. Yeah, there are sources of wisdom. And we're trying to key in on how we can filter the less reliable sources of wisdom and really glean from them, yes, but filter those and lean into uh, the Word of God, which is reliable. Because on this buffet, not everything is created equal. Not everything is an entree. Not everything is of equal nutritional value. So we want to learn to grow in wisdom. Uh, unfortunately, we've talked about this already. That pyramid gets whoop, turned upside down. And so often, little time is spent in God 
God's Word, in reading and study, in hearing God's Word, in listening to preaching or teaching from God's Word, and much time is devoted to that uh, social media tip, that internet tip of the pyramid, and uh, it, really we need to get back to, if we're going to be wise, getting back to building on the Word of God, on more credible sources. And so today, we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about the body of believers, the community of faith that Jesus himself established. It is this God-ordained place where those of us who live in this information overload world where we, our senses are bombarded every week by facts and figures and data, notifications, updates, some of it is worthwhile and important, much of it is trivia, and some of it's not even true. Um, so we want to learn how to, in the church community, how to grow wise in this selfish, uh, sin-saturated, sensationalized world, and the church is going to help us do that. And as I was working on this, I had a memory flash, um, trip down memory lane. It was in Rio a long time ago. We had just moved there, and we were starting to go apartment hunting, and we learned something so helpful uh, from someone who had been there, done that. A wise Brazilian person told us as we begun, began the search you really want to end up in one of the old apartment buildings. And we're like, the old apartment buildings? But the new ones, you know, they look so good. I mean, they've got some sharp branding. They've got manicured uh, landscaping. Uh, the tiles and painting is new. They're beautiful. Why would we want to be in an old apartment building? And we found out pretty quick as we started going around looking at apartments, um, it became pretty clear. First, the new ones, yeah, they looked slick and, and clean and neat and contemporary, but the kitchens were like really small and the bedrooms were tiny and the balconies were, were narrow. Um, and then you'd get into one of these older buildings and that's where you want to be. You could, you could see that as home. Why? Because it was so spacious. The bedrooms were bigger. The kitchen was ample. Uh, there was a maid's quarters. The balcony was wide. Um, and, and, and oftentimes they were just gorgeous too. You know, the building wasn't so much, but you'd walk inside the building and like there's crown molding and there's marble and there's granite everywhere. These places were so, so nice. And it made me think of the local church um, because a casual look from the outside, many people's perceptions or prejudices or thoughts about the local church at first glance. Uh, it's kind of an unremarkable group of people. It, it looks and feels maybe a little bit outdated. Um, it's a collection of just regular folks. Uh, we don't all dress according to what's cool or what's in style. We, we don't all sing on key. Um, we, we have an odd collection of, of personalities. Uh, we have people with all sorts of different political takes. Uh, we're young, we're old, we're single, we're married, we're unemployed, we're employed, we're, we're, we're male, we're female, we, we have disagreements, the coffee is cold, um, the fellowship hall smells a little bit funny. I mean, this is the local church, and this is what you can miss from the street, right? This is what you can miss. This thing, this, this local church, it is a rare beauty in the world. Uh, yeah, it doesn't always seem like a beauty, does it? I mean, we've got some abrasive personalities, and we have some gossips, and we have some quarrels that go on. Um, we have people here who struggle to articulate their faith, but it is a one-of-a-kind community um, where we are engineered by Jesus to flourish. When we gather together, like Hebrews 10, 24 says, we stir one another to love and good works. So Scripture declares this a lot of things about the local church. I'm not going to give you a, a full rundown, but Scripture declares the local church to be a radiant bride, you know, the bride of Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 is, it is a spiritual house made of living stones, we're told in 1 Peter 2, 5. It is a, a buttress of truth, 1 Timothy 3, 15. More than 30 times, authors in the New Testament call the, the, New Te call the local church beloved. Beloved. 
um, the local church is, is gorgeous. Um, we love the church because Jesus loves the church. Um, we love the church because we share a common story. We love the church because we are sinners redeemed by the cross and because we benefit from the love and the wisdom of the saints who gather with us, the saints who surround us. So the local church, with its metaphorical, outdated 80s exterior, it's exactly where I need to be, where you need to be, so that we can flourish, so that we can grow wise, so that we can experience fullness in Christ. A neat little book that Megan Hill wrote a few years ago called A Place to Belong. And I want to just share uh, one of the thoughts she had to believers who think, maybe I don't need the, the church. She said, Dear Christian, do you want to experience the fullness of Christ? Belong to the church. Use your gifts where he sets you. <laughs> Exhort, serve, give. Show mercy. Work alongside his people for the common good. And then in all the unassuming surroundings of the fellowship hall or the church basement or the aisles between the pews, you will know firsthand the fullness of Christ. In fact, you cannot experience it any other way. Come take your place. So that is our invitation to you. If you haven't taken your place, I believe that is the Lord's invitation because it's his church. Come and take your place. You are welcome here. Uh, we want to know you. We want to have you join us in this family of believers. Um, and so I want to turn to something. This is interesting because what I'm about to read to you was written by a church hater. One of the greatest church haters of, of all time, really. In fact, it is someone who took a hard pass on this invitation to come take their place in the church. This is the Apostle Paul. He hated the church. Of course, he had that road to Damascus experience. His mind changed completely. And so I think he's uniquely positioned to talk to us about why is it important that we belong to this, to this community of believers. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to what he says, verses 14 to 16. He's talking to the local church in Ephesus, to a local church, and he's talking about the local church. He says that we will no longer be immature like children. We love children, but they're immature. <laughs> we won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching we won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth, like a phishing email perhaps. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I want to leave that passage up. We're going to kind of work through, just shine a light on some of these key ideas that this former church hater has to share with us this morning. And one of the ideas that Paul opens up with is this is a community where we leave childish thinking behind. You know, I know in the kingdom we're supposed to be like children, but not in terms of our thinking, right? Because a child is a sponge, which is good when you're two and three years old. You're absorbing everything from everywhere. You're learning all the time. However, who is the person most likely to believe in the tooth fairy? Who is the person who believes their blanket is imbued with supernatural powers? If they cover themselves with the blanket, they have protection against the monster 
that lives under the bed or in the closet. Oh yeah, who is the person who believes that there are monsters? Those are the little people. Um, when I was... <laughs> When I was a little kid, um, we would make these trips to Memphis, Tennessee to visit the grandparents. My mom is watching, I'm sure, this morning, and she knows what I'm going to talk about uh, because I was convinced in their bathroom, one bathroom house, they had a, a, one of these uh, deodorizing things hanging off the side of the toilet. And it was shaped, it was white, and it was shaped like an igloo. And I kid you not, I believed there were Eskimos living in their toilet. <laughs> and I was almost potty trained at that point. And grandma and grandpa's house set me back, you know, months. <laughs> Why is he peeing in his pants again? There's Eskimos in the potty. And I didn't even know how to speak well, so it took them a while to decipher what I was trying to tell them. And they're like, wait, is he saying there's Eskimos in the I was a kid. That was childish thinking. It was cute. It's funny. Thankfully, I no longer believe there are Eskimos living in the potty. All right. The church is a place where we move from immaturity to, to maturity, where we go from being green to being grown, okay? And then Paul uses this, in, this image that I think fits perfectly in our information bombardment world. He's got stuff flying in like wind. The breeze is blowing here. The breeze is blowing there. It's tossing uh, uh, someone like a leaf, you know, here and there, up and down. New information, new details, new, new alerts and notifications. Tossed and blown is what we are according to Paul. And the church is a place where we are rooted. We are rooted. We're planted like trees. We all face this information windstorm of our time. It's inescapable, okay? But we tie into our community. Otherwise, there is this danger of getting blown here and there and essentially just being directionless, right? Um, So, this stuff sounds, you know, like, like Paul says, it, the things that we hear, they sound so clever. They sound so true um, if we're not grounded, if we're not rooted in our community together. And so for Paul, the church is part of this powerful antidote to the misinformation toxins around us, this windstorm that's going on. So here in the church... We love each other. We speak the truth to each other in love, right? Um, it's a place where we do that for each other. Uh, it, it, we are a, we're, we're not just, um, we talked about this a couple weeks. It's a place where we, we put on our actual reality glasses or we help someone who maybe seems to be going, to, hey, I'm going to help you put on those glasses. Let's get your prescription checked on those actual reality glasses. Um, you, need to, you need to build on what Scripture says, not on what your, your internet personality is saying or your, or your news host on your 24-hour news channel is saying. We need to build on bedrock and unchanging truth. And so this community, look, it's not just a fact-checking organization. We know that. It's a body of believers. It's the bride of Christ. And we have a clear mission, and Paul tells us about that. It is to help each grow to be more like Jesus. I want you to think more like Jesus. I want you to feel more like Jesus. I want you to love people more like Jesus. I want you to to hope like Jesus. I want you to be concerned about the things that Jesus is concerned about. And Paul says, that's what we're doing here. That is our mission. Um, And it's not, look, it's not, you know this, but it's not a cookie cutter community. In fact, that really is part of the whole argument of Ephesians chapter 4. We're not all the same. We're not, yeah, we're all growing into the image of Jesus, but we have our God-given talents and personalities and gifts and resources and opportunities. We have those and we bring them together. It's, 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 It's the Lord who makes them, what does Paul say? He makes them fit perfectly together. Um, So here's the thing. This wisdom work, this growth project, uh, it happens if and only if 
We are living in this God-ordained community, the church, if we're active, if we're actually connected to each other. Um, and so that's what we're doing here. He, Jesus, he is at work here. I mean, this is his body, okay? This is his church. This is his body. This is his bride. Jesus does work here that he doesn't do outside of the local church. So we are a body. We are, everyone here is important. Everyone here has a function, uh, but we are not all the same. This is a community that Jesus inhabits, and, uh, and it works. It works, but if you're outside, if you're disconnected, clearly you're missing out, okay? Um, when we are connected, when we are speaking the truth to each other in love, when we are each doing our part, uh, serving the brothers and sisters, then we are all built up together. And by the way, Paul will say in the previous chapter, we basically billboard the wisdom of God for rulers and authorities and everyone on the outside to go, wait a second, something's going on there. The wisdom of God on display, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. God's purpose in all of this was to use what? To use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety. I like that. So the world, yeah, the world has changed a lot in the last 2,000 years since day one, um, and it's undergoing the world, you know this, it's undergoing accelerating change uh, at this very moment. But this is what's interesting, and we can prove this, we can demonstrate this. The core work of the church has not changed. In fact, the activities of the church, really the core activities have not changed. So we go back to day one, not day one of Preston Crest, day one of the church on planet earth, which you can read about in Acts chapter two, the first gathering of people in the name of the resurrected Lord right there. And we've got this, this description in Acts 2, 42. Listen to what, what they did. What, what did this church do? Well, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread and, and the prayers. These are all things that you've already done here today on this piece of property with your people. We've opened the apostles' teaching. We've been studying the words of the apostle Paul this morning. We've been praying together. We've broken bread this morning. We're fellowshipping together. See what I'm saying? It, it just hasn't, it hasn't changed all that much. And we don't have apostles, but we have shepherds that look over the flock. They love us. They care for us. They help put up theological guardrails so no one goes sailing off and crashing into a ravine. We need to pray for them. We need to encourage them. Give a shepherd a hug this morning. Uh, they need it. Often elderships function as a complaint department. Why are we complaining? Let's quit complaining. Let's start commending them and encouraging them. <laughs> Amen? Um, so let's, let's cut out the complaining there and start helping them enjoy the work that they have been called to do. That's biblical, actually. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 instructs believers, hey, how about you make your leader's work a joy instead of a burden, a blessing to them? Uh, so something, by the way, changing gears here, something that has been part of church life since the first century, and this is kind of where I want to wrap up today, since the first century, and this is undervalued and underappreciated, uh, is that the church is the place in my life where I don't get my way. <laughs> I mean, it is. And as much as I hate to admit it, I need places where I don't get my way. I do. We all do. And that is part of the genius, I'm convinced, of the church. Here, I don't like all the songs that we sing. I mean, most of them. But, but you do like some of these songs that I don't like. And so I'm going to sing them. You know, I'm going to sing them because you like them. And we're connected here, mm, I don't like every dish that's put out at the potluck. I'm going to be fully honest. 
I did not enjoy every single chili that I took. I'm being honest. Speak the truth in love. I didn't enjoy every single, I tried every single one of those chilies. There were some that were, yeah, okay, you know. I mean, um, but you take one for the team. And you eat it. And you're grateful because that sister, that brother made it and they brought it. Honestly, about 50% maybe of the coffee around here is drinkable, you know. I don't know. But here we are. Thrown together with people that we don't necessarily vote with or agree with on everything. With personalities that we might find difficult. And this is part of the genius of the body of Christ. This, I'm convinced, is why God put us together. Um, Part of what grows us in wisdom and teaches us to love better. It's this community of faith. And we live, I, don't, I mean, this is not a big headline for you, but we live in an individualistic age, don't we? You listen to the music you like. You watch the news that fits your outlook. You get the food that you want. You get it delivered to your door. We live in an incredibly individualistic age. I, I don't know that in history any, any culture has ever, ever been able to step in individual bubbles of self like we are right now in America. Thank God for the church that helps us break free from this confining narcissism of our time. So, look, being involved in a church fellowship, it can be challenging. It will be challenging. And that's exactly the kind of challenging that each of us needs. Okay? Um, Going it alone, that's not a path to wisdom. That's not a path to wisdom. The community of believers stretches us. The community of believers helps us see our blind spots. Brett McCracken writes in his book, in an age of, I like this phrase, nauseating narcissism. In an age of nauseating narcissism where everyone clamors for stardom and Instagram likes, the church humbles us and reminds us, this is not about you. This is about God. You are welcome here. You are wanted. Your presence in the body is important. You are part of the story, but God is the star, not you. What a freeing and wonderful thing. Last week we talked about Scripture. And some people have this romantic idea, it's just me and my Bible on this journey of truth. That is not biblical. That is a reflection of our narcissistic, self-centered age. Me and my Bible, we got this. Because in Scripture, the Word of God was always understood in community. Whether it was Lydia and her ladies' study group that met by the river in, near Philippi, whether it was these believers in Acts chapter 2 gathering to, to study the Word together, Um, we're meant to learn about Scripture in community. Community works for understanding, not against it. So newsflash, God has woven us together so that we will fit perfectly in the church. He has placed you beside people that you would never have chosen on your own. Um, It sets us free from the bubble of self and powers growth into our full potential, into our fullness in Christ. And this genius is, you did not pick these people. The Spirit of God did. Last week, a couple came up to me, and I'll finish here, but a couple came up to me, and they had been worshiping virtually for a long time. Uh, I'm glad we have online. I'm glad we have the virtual option. But they heard me say something a couple weeks ago about, hey, if you're still online and you can possibly get here, you need to be here. There are things that we miss out on when we're not physically together. And they came and they were so glad they did. They were smiling. They're like, thank you so much. We finally got off the couch and we're back here now. And I'm so glad they were here. And I, I am glad that we have a virtual component. But I will say this. 
you open the Bible and you start looking at what was going on. And just let's think about the ministry of Jesus. It was not virtual, right? I mean, it was, it was a face-to-face ministry. He broke bread with people. He literally walked with people, like on the road to Emmaus. He prayed over people. He embraced people. He touched people. He taught people. He worshiped with people at the synagogue or at the temple. Um, He fixed breakfast for people. He went to parties in homes. So yeah, we need to be together. And yeah, from the outside, things may look a little outdated. They may look a little worn, but step in, step in. And find yourself at home in Christ's church. This morning, if you need prayers, we would love to pray over you, pray with you, me or one of our shepherds down front, or I'm sure someone sitting around you would love to pray over you today. If you'd like to learn more about being part of this fellowship at Preston Crest, uh, we can answer some of your questions. We can point you to the next PC 101. Maybe this morning you want to cross that line of faith. You're ready to put on Christ in baptism. Nothing would bring us more joy than to assist you with that. However you need to respond, stand with us and let's praise God together. Lay a burden down every appreciate the message, Gordon, as we look to continue to grow this family. John Scott, thank you for your leadership this morning. Uh, I would remind you tonight that Jacob will continue our series on the living hope as uh, he brings the message on Peter's postscript, and that'll be at six o'clock tonight. Uh, Braden Shuttlesworth will lead us in our closing scripture today. All right. So uh, I'm Braden Shuttlesworth, and I'm reading the take-home verse from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And read it with me, won't you all loud and proud? All right, here we go. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother.